Presented by the Evangelism Department of the North American Mission Board. This is Your Church on Mission Evangelism Podcast. The podcast to help pastors be on mission in their local community. Here's your host, Joel Sutherland. Welcome to Your Church on Mission podcast. Our last podcast, we begin visiting with Rebecca Carlisle of To Be Received Ministries, and she's talking about first impressions ministry for the church. This is part two of a two-part podcast, and be sure to stay tuned to the end, and she's going to give you a great list of resources that'll help your church with your first impressions ministry. So somewhere we've got them to the Welcome Center. They've been greeted. They've been walked to the kids area. Let's assume they have kids. Now, you said something about refreshment area, snacks, something a minute ago. Oh, yes. And y'all know coffee ministers to the soul more than a lot of things. So um, I think, you know, and whenever you have something in your hand, that helps reduce your awkward feeling as well. Um, I don't remember what the movie was, but I don't know what to do with my hands, you know. So um having something that you can provide people that they're able to hold something in their hands and something that's nostalgic for people, that coffee smell, that will also continue to lead to that first impression that will be a lasting one and bring people back. So coffee ministers to the soul. And so if you have that for people to have it in their hands as they're continuing their process to get into the auditorium or your sanctuary or wherever the worship is, then that continues to break down that wall. And smell is so important. Greg Atkinson has a book called Secret of the Secret Shopper, Secrets of the Secret Shopper, and he talks a whole chapter about the importance of smells in your church. And coffee is one of those huge, significant smells that will help those people feel comfortable at your church. So refreshments is important, and you don't need to spend tons of money. We were at a church plant um, at a, in a very small town, and they were spending tons of money on having so many different refreshments and it's really not something that you need to spend tons of money on if you just have coffee and water then you're doing fine if you just have coffee water and maybe a donut like donut holes you're doing well too so I think just having something you provide to show that you care for the guests um it's great to include in that area it's funny I was in um the western part of the United States. I won't. I won't get state specific. <laughs> West, and a church plant was really struggling for money, and and they talked about how they were struggling for money, and they talked about how they just bought the essentials to get the church. They had a new building that someone had given them. They just get the church launched. And so I walked out in the foyer, and they'd said the word coffee earlier on. I walked out in the foyer, and with their limited budget, they had bought a high dollar coffee espresso it could do multiple things machine i'm talking about an industrial one the kind you see in starbucks and yes. they had bought this big machine uh and probably they've heard what you said you know the coffee uh helps the smell when you get one of those big industrial machines will permeate uh you know the the welcome area and all that and they literally had a barista uh making coffee for people on sunday mornings Beautiful. I love it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and, and they couldn't have had less money, you know, but they, they put it, they put it in an industrial coffee machine and a barista. Uh, I'm sure the barista was a volunteer um, you yeah. know, to, to do that. So that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think the first impressions there too, I think we're talking now about environments really. And yeah, you know, have any tips or insights around environments in terms of 
that first space that they walk into, you know, in terms of colors, looks, paints, or updates. You know, some churches, unfortunately, uh, you know, they have that old musty church smell, depending on how long they've been there. So mm-hmm. any, any advice uh, that you find you need to dispense off into churches related to that first environment inside other than smell? Yes. Um, I worked with a church a couple of years ago, and the only thing they want, wanted to focus on initially was their coffee welcome area. It was kind of combined into one. And I thought, that's great. You know, if that's just where you want to start initially, then that's a great place to start. And so they renovated this whole area and it was an older First Baptist Church and they renovated an entire space just to update it with bright colors, beautiful hardwood floors, a granite countertop bar area, high top stools, and just made it look like a wonderful little cafe. Um, And they spent a good amount of money on it and it looked really good, but you don't have to do that. You know, something very simple that you can do that looks trendy and always so wonderful I love is the palette walls everyone's doing the palette walls right now but they look really good and it can change you can just do it on one little wall and it can change everything and something else is you can just add like really skinny wood high top shelving basically around a wall just to have a place for people to set their coffee and just kind of chat with people around them Um, So you don't have to really add a whole lot of stuff to a cafe area, but it's definitely an area worth investing in to have people have a space where they can fellowship with each other and chat and not just come in and out. Nice. Nice. So, so kids are where they need to be. They know where the restrooms are. They've gotten their coffee. Do you, do we need to walk them into the welcome center? What did, how do they get greet? I mean, into the worship center, how do they get greeted going in there? Yes. Um, ushers are super important. And I think something I saw another church do is call them section leaders, which I love because you're not, you're identifying them for what they need to be doing. So in terms of creating that culture for your church and taking it away from just identified people, that's their job and responsibility to welcome people, calling these ushers section leaders takes it to that next step. So you've been greeted, you're walked to the sanctuary or your auditorium and now you're greeted at the doors by a usher who are passing out your bulletins or whatever you're passing out hopefully it's your bulletin and your connection card and that usher also has people they can pass them off to other ushers who can help them actually get seated and that is so important to actually seat people in your church and it is based on your church culture and if that's something that will be too awkward or if you are looking at someone and reading their body language and you can tell that they don't want you to seat them and they want to figure it out on their own that's totally fine you need to be flexible 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 in first impressions but helping people get seated shows that you care and also helps logistically within the church so that you can make sure you have space for your late people with large families because that's how it always happens is you have a family of six coming in late and it gets very awkward when there's not a space for them in the back, but there's six spots in the front row, you know? Mm-hmm. So you don't want to do that to people. So if you can help seat people using those section leaders who are greeting along the way and introducing them to people that they sit them around, um, then that, again, 
helps break down those walls because you don't want it to be like first day of lunch, ninth grade, when you're walking into the lunchroom and you have no idea where to sit. I mean, that's super awkward and not an impression you want to leave on your guests. Love that. That imagery that's is a great analogy. Very oh vivid. Very I'll vivid. Identify with that. Yeah. yeah. And that really, is, you know, we, we, you know, we, we really have talked more and more about the fact that, and this is why you're on the call today about the fact that, that going to church now in our culture is a more intimidating prospect than it's ever been in our lifetime. More and more people mm-hmm. haven't been around church. And so, you know, I think most of us on this call, if we were invited to go next week to a Hindu temple or a Muslim mosque, we'd be a little bit un- unnerved and, uh, and un- very uneasy about that as a first time experience. Or, or, or even just a very different ex- experience. And so now that's how mm-hmm. a lot of people in our culture feel about going to church. And we have to keep that in mind. And that first day in ninth grade, awkward lunchtime situation is exactly what a lot of people feel when they come in. So Rebecca, I'm not going to set you up. I'm going to tell you what I think, and then we, we can agree or disagree. Um, okay. I, th- I think a, an in-service greeting time done well is important for a guest. Do you agree or do, if it's done poorly, it's terrible. If it's done well, I think it's important. What do you think? I love this question. Um, I actually pose this question. We have a weekend worship and guest services group on Facebook. And I pose this question to them because it's always a point of contention and it can kind of become a joke because, um, but yes, it definitely has to be done well. And so I asked this question and it, stir to the pot like crazy it was hilarious and because people are so passionate about whether or not you do it or not and some very successful mega churches do it every week some choose not to and if you're in a more traditional church you're kind of used to seeing the turn and greet someone um, and say hello you know for the awkward five six minutes Mm -hmm. while everyone finishes up their conversations Um, but I think what I got from everybody is that if you keep it short and sweet and you have a transition where you have a pastor up front saying, okay, time to shut it down, basically, then it works. And I love how people do the turn in high five, three people real quick. I love that. Um, I went to a church, I secret shopped a church recently where they are, they have a traditional service and they have a contemporary service. And um, at the traditional service, they didn't do it. And I was very surprised. Um, And then at the contemporary service, I was sitting there and they hadn't done it. They hadn't done it. And then they did it at the end. And the whole service that I was kind of waiting for it to happen, it was a very low key service. Like everyone was very much, there wasn't really a lot of life in the room. It felt like. And then at the end, when they did the welcoming time, that's when everybody kind of seemed to connect with what was happening in the service. And now the service is over, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I normally feel like those welcome times are very awkward, but when seeing that take place where no one was kind of engaged at all until the end when they actually did the welcome time, I thought this really does have a significant place in the service, having something that you do where everyone kind of connects with each other. Mm -hmm. So I have become more of a fan of these welcoming times at the beginning of the services not the long drawn out ones. I love the idea of like high five, three people around you because it doesn't need to get to be where the members are just talking to their friends, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that again is important for the usher slash section leaders to 
identify who your guests are in your section and be intentional about going to see them during that time so that they are spoken to when everyone else is just talking to their friends. But I do, I am a fan of it controversially. <laughs> yeah. Well, done correctly. We've all said it done incorrectly. Yeah. But if here, here's my opinion, if you don't do it, a guest never gets engaged during the service. And so exactly. I want a guest engaged. And if you're doing it correctly, he gets engaged and it really breaks down barriers, even though you've greeted yeah. him really well. Once that service starts uh, with the music, walls come up, barriers come up, and a new new tension develops. Okay, um, you know it was we were nervous getting here, but now it's like it, you know it's like a, they think they're at a magic show. Is he going to call me up on stage? You know, and there's this tension mm-hmm. going on in their hearts, and I think that it's a little bit of a distraction almost, and it lets them take a deep breath and say, "Oh well, everybody else is not nervous. You know, everybody else is okay." It, you know, yes. and they agree me well. All right, so we greet them in the service, and then <laughs> I know I know this is important to you, to you because this is really a new concept for a lot of us. Normally, when the pastor says goodbye, we all scurry like rats on a sinking ship, and we never <laughs> say a word to any guest on the way out, and that's awkward, right? Yes. <laughs> so what do um, we do? These. Yes, exactly. Everyone has to be degreeted. Absolutely. And what does that mean? I mean, how do you um, do that? I think having, yeah, I think having your greeters back in their positions um, that they were at the beginning of the service is so important. I think that's where your kind of self non-identifiable greeters are important to be there in the hallways as well. So definitely having some of your ushers in the back, um, and also having, I love your tent, having your tent outside at the guest parking. Also with your pastor at the end saying, if you're a first time guest, we'd love to meet you at such and such spot, a very identifiable, recognizable spot, consistent spot each week. Um, so-and-so will be there to greet you, give you a first time guest gift, which is also a debated aspect of this whole thing um but we're if you want to meet us back there at the welcome center or the first time guest tent in the parking lot we'd love to meet you and give you a gift um and help you get connected to where you can um within our church processes so i think not just leaving them at their own because also i've been at a church where the kids nursery space it was very confusing to get from that to the actual auditorium it was levels and hallways away and so I really needed someone there to help me get back to the nursery so not just to smile and say bye to people but also to help people get back to find their kids you know so um it's a security thing it's also a loving thing to do for people so Jason Young at North Point says how I feel about the guests coming in is how they're going to feel about me coming out and really it's not just about me it's also about how they feel about the church little C and big C and ultimately God going out. So it's not just what we do on the front end. It's what we do on the back end as well. So let's talk about recruitment because I think that's probably on the mind of a lot of pastors listening to this, this podcast right now. What are some mm-hmm. points that you give pastors uh, when they're, when they're recruiting or any advice around that? Yeah, I think you can do all kinds of things, you know, but I think the most important thing is that personal invitation. 
that's how I got into this, you know, is someone personally coming to me and saying, I see this gifting in you and you would be perfect in this area. Um, I went to the Arby's drive-through one day when I was on my way to a church to train and I was ordering at the intercom and then I drove around and the guy that was taking my order was super nice. You can tell he was young, but very positive. And when I got up to the window to take my food, that I'm talking to the little fellow that was talking to me on the intercom, taking my order. And behind him was his manager just smiling at me, just staring, smiling. And I was like, Hey, and he said, isn't this young man doing a great job at his job, taking your order? And I said, yes, he is. He said, I know. He said, I just stole him from the waffle house last week. (laughs) And so I just thought that was such a great story about, seeing and identifying people's giftings and pulling them out and to put them in a place where they can thrive and where you can invest in people. So in terms of recruitment for this position, you need to take, and I love Waffle House, but basically take people out of their Waffle House, especially Mm. if they have a gifting for something a little bit greater, you know, and put them in a position um, to be able to thrive and be invested in. So I think in terms of recruitment, the best thing to do is to tap people on a shoulder and say, you would be great here. Because churches can also seem very clicky. And if you are not the type of person to just insert yourself places, you need people to say, we want you to be a part of this. Mm -hmm. And so in terms of recruitment, I think that personal invitation is the most important thing, but also, you know, pushing from the pulpit, how important guest services, you can do a sermon series on biblical hospitality and invite people to this eternally significant kingdom work. It's not just another committee that you're a part of, you know, it is a very important, significant team ministry area um, to be a part of. Also, caring well for your current volunteers is your biggest point of recruitment as well. I don't want to be a part of something that looks stressful and burdensome, you know, I want to be a part of something that looks super fun. So if you're celebrating your current volunteers, if you're loving them well, um, that is very attractive to people. We did a really quick, really easy volunteer of the week at our church. And I would just take their little picture, ask them why they volunteer in guest services, and then throw it up on social media. And all their friends, who don't necessarily go to our church saw how well our church just celebrated them. And it's a very simple and easy thing, cheap, free, you know, Mm -hmm. but you're also advertising for your church when you celebrate your volunteers on social media kind of thing. So if you love well, your volunteers, that's another point of recruitment because they're not going to go to other people and say, you should really be a part of our team when they also hate it, you know? Right. So, Um, It all comes back to that personal invitation and just celebrating people personally for what they're doing in the service area that they're doing really well. That's great. That's Rebecca. You've shared so much good information with us today. There is a lot of good information. We're just about going to wrap up. I'm going to ask you one more question and give me a couple of quick answers. How do you follow up with first time guests? Give us two good. Thank you for asking. Yes. Um, everybody has to have a connection card and I do not love when the connection cards are in the backs of the seat. I would really love it when churches just physically hand the connection card to the people as they're coming into the church service. So I'm handing them a bulletin, might as well hand them a connection card. You need to, the pastor has to draw attention to it from the front of the stage, from the front of 
the service and then also at the end and give them clear places for them to turn those cards in. The best way to get a return, the highest return rate come from when you address it every week and when you say this connection card is for everybody because we have prayer requests on them. So every week people probably have prayer requests. So at our church, what worked really well is we had the connection card attached to the bulletin that had the perforated edges so you could just rip it off and we said you know take the tear it and share it so fill it out share with us your prayer request they get prayed over every week by a staff member and fill out your information turn it into the offering plate or the offering bucket or whatever or you can turn it into place a or place b the welcome station or our kiosk or something so having clear places for them to put those in and then ideally it's wonderful to have someone whose job it is to follow up with those connection cards um i'm seeing more and more at churches having a staff member that's their only job is to follow up with guests and because it is a big job and so you want to not just follow up with them the first time but the second time and third time for them to continue to come back and then also help them get connected to where they need to be within the church to get them to stay that stick stay serve that return relationship responsibility all those fun things so if you have someone that can stay on top of your connection cards and follow up with people that would be ideal or you spread the love across several people doing carrying that load but the highest return rate for follow-up the best thing seems to be a personal phone call I love that handwritten note idea on people's cars um, sending them a handwritten note to their homes thanking them for coming, giving them clear next steps. So the phone call is the best thing, but also people are using the text message services, sending them postcards in the mail, following up with them in those ways. But the phone call is the best. That's awesome. I, I didn't know that was the best contact is a personal phone call. That's great Yes. Uh, to know yeah, that. And I, yeah, and I've spoken to many pastors who really, they do, they knock that out you know, mm -hmm. within the first 24 hours, they just get that call done, yes. that text out there really quick. Yeah. Is a text as good as a phone call? If you have a mobile phone? I think, yeah, I think today, um, I love a text message and mm -hmm. it's quick and easy to respond to. It's not as intimidating. Um, but we did do a survey. Someone did a survey on our Facebook group, um, the weekend worship and guest services group. And it seemed like the phone call was the most overwhelming return rate success. Um, but I think text, text messages are just as good. You know, it always depends on the person. Ultimately, I wouldn't get caught up in all the things you're doing. As long as you're doing something, you're on the right track. Yeah, that's awesome. Hey, yeah. And I'll tell you this, Rebecca, what I do at church is I have every person in the building filled out a connection card every week. Yes. And we don't put them in the bulletin. We we put them on one end of a row and then we have people hand them to the person next to them, kind of pass it down. And then at the end of the service, we just say, pass it back to the person who gave it to you. And there's some obligation to fill it out because you know, the person next to you is going to turn around and hold out their hand and say, absolutely. I love that. You know, give me the card. And I tell them we'll do that. I'll say, Hey, at the end of the service, we're just going to ask you. And I also use it as a decision card as well. So I say, Hey, at the end yes. of the service, we're going to ask you just to give it back to the person who gave it to you. So now they're like, oh, well, I got to fill it out. 
and our guest cards <laughs> went up probably tenfold when we started doing it that way, our connection cards, because it connects. That is wonderful. Yes. Hey. I think as long as there's some accountability where someone is physically handing it to them mm -hmm. in whatever way they're doing it, that's definitely the best thing to do for sure. Well done. Tell us how churches are going to want to connect with you. I know you have a website. Tell us about your website and how they can connect with you. Yes. Thank you. Um, I have a website. It's to be received to be received.com. And you know, received can be tricky. I still get messed up spelling it. Um, but you know, I before you accept after C. Um, and then Facebook, definitely Facebook, our to be received ministries, Facebook page, Twitter, to be received men. Um, so M I N. So it's uh I love, love, love to connect with people. Um, and I would love to hear from anybody. So, and I love doing the secret shopping and just chatting with people and churches. And ultimately, I just love the local church. So, um, I just would love to serve in any way I can. Oh, I'd like to say I would love to have you as a greeter at our church. I mean, you, you've you got, Thanks. you're definitely cut out for this. And uh, <laughs> you know, we can hear it. And I want to ask real quick. And by the way, we'll link to all those in the show notes. So you'll, you'll, uh, if you're listening to this, you can go to the, 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 your church on mission podcast page and you'll see those links. But I'm just curious, you mentioned one book secrets of the secret shopper. Are there any yeah. other recommended resources book wise that you'd recommend just off the top of your head? Um, you know, any of the Disney, uh, books, anything about Disney, um, I think there's several of them. I'm so sorry. I can't think of all of them right now, but if you go to our, uh, also the weekend worship and guest services, Facebook page that I mentioned, all those resources are listed in that, um, Facebook page as well. But, um, there's a first impressions book. There's also a lot of blogs out there. So Bob Adams, he, um, is associated with Elevation Church. He has a really good blog and actually he has a mailing list that reviews, guest services books throughout the whole industry, not just church industry, but um, business industry as well. So he, re he reviews all those books. Um, Danny Franks has a awesome blog. He works at Summit Church in um, North Carolina, I believe. And he has an amazing blog about guest services. And he also has a book coming out in March. Um, so there's tons of resources out there for people. And I think Jason Young at North Point, he's working on a book right now. So there's tons and tons of resources out there for people. That's great. Thank awesome. you. Hey, Rebecca, thanks for being on Your Church on Mission podcast. Thank you all so much for having me. Thanks for listening to Your Church on Mission evangelism podcast. To find out more about leading your church on mission, be sure and check out the blog, www.namb.net forward slash Your Church on Mission. To send in a comment or question, email it to evangelism at namb.net.